Welcome to another edition of Single, Sexy, and Safe Podcast, where we have real talk about real topics on relationships and more. On this episode of Single, Sexy, and Saved, I have the great pleasure of having a conversation with a person that is near and dear to me, Miss Lakeisha Dixon. She is an amazing woman, woman of God, author, entrepreneur, speaker, coach, and then some. During our conversation, we talk about the journey of singleness, especially for those of us that have been raised in the church and some of the things that have been indoctrinated within us through the messaging and teachings and essentially legalism and religiousism that takes place oftentimes in the traditional church as we knew it to be. It is in this conversation that she is so authentic, so transparent about her own experience and her own journey and process of being single, even at the stage of going past 40. And I entitled this episode, Getting Rid of the Pressure, because she speaks about singles needing to keep the desire, but relieve themselves of the pressure, especially the pressure of getting married. By the time this episode has been released, Miss Lakeisha Dixon has transitioned from being a single to a happily engaged woman. And we just want to honor and celebrate her and her soon-to-be husband on their journey. I hope that whatever shared on this episode truly blesses you, but break you through as well. So as you all know, on the Single, Sexy, and Safe podcast, we have real talk about real topics on relationships and more and i'm excited about today's conversation today's episode with my special guest none other than miss lakeisha dixon the breakthrough strategist i don't really advocate for a whole lot of women to connect with but she's definitely one of those women that you should know and you should connect with she is an amazing evangelist author, entrepreneur, and certified life coach. She is the owner of an online bakery, which is known as Savory and Sweet Treats. I'm telling you, you want to go and connect with her and find out how you can get those goods that are baked with love shipped to your front door. It is worth every calorie indeed. She is also the founder of BCLA Breakthrough Coaching and Leadership Academy, where she certifies individuals individuals that desire to be life coaches. I have also gone through her academy as well. And so I can verify she is indeed the truth. As an evangelist, she has definitely ministered not only in the continental U.S., but also 
in the Caribbean as well. She is definitely a powerhouse voice that is anointed to provide breakthrough to the masses. And as an author, she has authored, I believe, seven books, uh, two of which have been released this year. And I know there's definitely more to come that will be poured out from her. All of her books are available to you on her website as well as on Amazon. And so I just want to encourage you all, even before we dive into our conversation, look her up on social media. She is known as the Breakthrough Strategist on, is it Instagram? There we go, on Instagram. And she is Lakeisha Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, on Facebook. You definitely want to connect with her as well as look at her website, which is bcla.com. Is that correct? Yep. Yes, yep. ma'am. All right. So now that we got that out the way, we like to keep it real, raw, and transparent. So I'm excited about our conversation that we are having on this episode. So we're going to jump right in, but I would like for you to go ahead and greet the people and then we'll start. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much, Shanae. I am so excited to be here with you. I'm telling you, you are truly a top-notch coach. I am so grateful to God that you are absolutely working in your gift and your craft. This is all you all day long. Yes, I'm excited. So my first question to you is this. In what ways has your experience as a Christian impacted your dating life or even your decision to date? Whew. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We keep it real. On the it, it has so many meanings to that because when we talk about in your 20s dating, it's a total different flow. It's a total different ball game. You're really trying to find your, your footing on the balancing beam. You don't really know um, what you're doing per se just yet. In your 30s, you get a little bit more solid into knowing yourself. And so now at 41, it's a whole total new ball game. And I know all my sisters who are 40 plus are feeling me right now. But growing up, I didn't really pay much attention to dating. Because, of course, both of my grandmothers was one was a Pentecostal, the other one was Baptist. And so we had a lot of religious tradition that we lived by. And, of course, dating was not something that as a young woman you should be doing. You know, dating meant marriage. So you didn't even, <laughs> your family didn't even ask you for a process. Hey, are you dating? Are you courting? What's the steps? What are y'all talking about? It was just, hey, keep your legs closed. And see if he's going to marry you, when he's going to marry you, why he want to marry you. And so I would say dating was, for me, a little spooky. You know, I, I associated dating with sex. Right. I associated dating with sex because everything was keep your legs closed. Don't give no boy, your, you know, your little cooter. And then it used to be like, don't, don't, don't let nobody bamboozle you into the bedroom. You know, um, one of the articles I wrote recently was one of the pastors I heard one day, one day say, don't go to hell for a piece of tail. And so we think about all these religious banter and we think about all these religious scare tactics. It literally scared me. And so for many years, for many years, I avoided dating. 
I avoided men. I avoided little boys. I remember in high school, you know, guys used to try to talk to me and I used to be like, "Uh uh-uh, because all you want is my little cooter cat. And it was just like, wow, I, I was so scared. Religion scared me. It did not prepare me for what was to come in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. Mm, that's good because I'm glad that you're sharing your testimony because the truth is that's the story for so many people because in the church, you know, first of all, in the Bible, it doesn't teach us about dating. There's no scripture on how. Mm-hmm. And then so all you're left with is typically for those who grew up in churches, whatever doctrine or theology that your spiritual leader is spewing out. And I feel like there's always been so much focus on just not having sex. But right. teach me how to connect with somebody, mm-hmm. right? Like, how can we even just have a friction with the opposite sex without the indoctrination that, oh, you know, only thing a boy wants from you is sex or you fast because you are attracted, right, to, right. to a boy. Mm-hmm. And that's like mm-hmm. just natural human um, part of you just being a human being. Right. So it's been indoctrinated in so many people, as you said, that, dating became something that was scary was fearful and then it's like when you do do it because you're now having to navigate this journey on your own a lot of people get hurt a lot of people have been traumatized Mm -hmm. you know and gone through a lot of issues with rejection and brokenness all because the messaging that was spewed out did not provide proper preparation correct yes So you're in the 40s club, and I have to share this because we're actually related. And so when this (laughs) looks to turn 40, (laughs) it seemed like her response to everything was, I'm 40 now. (laughs) So I had to have to ask the question. And I'm not that far from 40, so perhaps I'll be singing that same tune. But now that you're in the 40s club, how has reaching this new decade of life impacted you and even your relationships with other people? Hmm. Being 40. Okay. So being 40 for me was a big deal because I lived my life solely to God. There was no, I never had a moment of saying, wow, let me just be free. (laughs) You know, it was totally sold out to God. And when I turned 40, I had all these emotions come to my mind. It's like I woke up and I was thinking about the things I didn't do, the things that I shielded myself from trying to be perfect Patty, that um, living up to other people's reputation of who they wanted me to be in. I woke up one day and I felt like I was not being my authentic self. And the person that I wanted to be was I wanted to be the outgoing woman that I knew I was all along. I always made great friendships, always had great relationships with people. My personality is bubbly. But yet there was still a part of me at 40 that had a strong desire for companionship. Because I didn't want to disappoint people around me and I didn't want to disappoint what I felt that. The, the precious of life that people was putting on me, you know, hey, that's the church girl, that's the good girl, that's the, you know, the virgin, and that's this person. And it was so many names 
that people began to attach to me. It's just like if you were to uh, envision a silhouette and you see all these stigma of these names, you know, perfect Patty, the virgin, you know, the, the church girl, the minister, the intercessor, prayer girl. But it's like those things were good and that's who you were authentically. But there was still another side of you that you have not yet tapped in. And so 40 literally removed the scales from my eyes. At 40, mm. I woke up and I say, I don't want to continue living like this. And I'm 10 years away from being thick. And so 40 awakened my relationships. 40 had me not only, not only did it awaken my relationship, but it had me to cry out and be very authentic with Christ. Uh, 40 uh, caused some frustration and anger because I was mm -hmm. like, here I am at this age and I don't want to live for you no more. I don't want to live for that person no more. I want to live for me. And that's what 40 did. And so I would say it all my relationships. Because I started being totally, and you you know me, Shanae, and you know, <laughs> I started being totally honest with people from straight up no real raw truth. And I always had been a real raw person, but it intensified by teeth. <laughs> so yes, 40, 40 changed my whole complete life. And I believe 40 changed me for the better. Yes. And I loved it because I feel like 40 for you, of course, like I said, we know each other, so I've seen your experience was like very liberating for you. It was literally, you know, coming out of your exodus to Canaan. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, seeing that transformation because let me tell y'all, sis ain't had no problem telling people no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, not to say she didn't say no before, but now it was like, it ain't even, I got to think about it, I don't have to muddle over this <laughs> emotional time in my life leading mm -hmm. up to 35 um so I'm, I'm awaiting for the, the 40 right um the new 40 to come about and I think that some of us have to get to that place as you said where you're really authentic and a lot of us who have been raised in the church yes grew up in the church is not that we don't know who we are we don't know who we're called to be but there's so many more elements to us outside the four walls yes. or outside of what picture other people have painted about us. And not to say that the colors on the paint aren't accurate, but there's so many other facets to who we are. Right. And so she does have a bubbly personality and has a plethora of friends. So it's good to see like that full, like, transformation and really coming into who you are completely um and whole so i'm excited about that so yes that, that's the story about the four mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. yes yes so as an author of many inspirational books one of them on the topic of purity in what ways has the church impacted people views about sex and even the decision to abstain from sex oh you know this conversation is so relevant right now. I wrote two articles. One, don't go to hell for a piece of tail. 
And mm-hmm. one, was it really the church fault or did it start from home? Our parents was the ones who was really supposed to be grooming us. And so I'm going to put a little spin on this. The church has impacted how we view sex because all we have heard for years was keep your legs closed. Don't have sex. You're a fornicator. You are, you know, it came to like we were just being to me demonized. And so we talked about not having sex, but what happened to the one that had sex that had their virtue taken through rape, molestation, uh, who were who thought that love equated to sex or equal to sex, and they gave their bodies up. There was no real conversation about navigating that young woman, that young man into a healing, a place of healing, a place of love. It was always don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But where was the navigation? What was the walking you through the healing? Dear child, so you had sex. So now let's talk about the trauma on your body. Let's talk about the emotional uh, roller coaster you're on. Let's talk about your mental sobriety. Let's talk about um, the, how Christ still sees you and how much he loves you. Those places in the church, we never, we, we never navigated people to a place of healing and understanding of what was literally going on from a mental standpoint. And so what happened was we had a lot of single people getting together in hopes and expectation that that either them abstaining from sex equal, you're going to automatically get a husband or you being a virgin meant that that was the prize and you would get a virgin. I mean, and you will automatically get a husband. So in my case, I was the virgin. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I equated because I waited. 40 years, surely, where's my husband? At 35, where's my husband? Come on now, I'm the virgin. I saved my stuff. And so no one really told us, hey, just because you abstain for 20 years, that's not a guaranteed uh, husband. Just because right. you abs- uh, you a virgin, that doesn't mean you're going to automatically get a husband by 25 or 30. And so we're not taught these things. And let's take it a step further because I love this topic and I love this conversation and I love talking about this. Let's keep in mind, Mordecai gave Esther instructions to prepare herself in oils and frankincense, right? A frankincense. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about that piece, let's talk about this. For six months, and we was to bring that up into a natural, a natural understanding. So six months, you're preparing your body uh, for having a sweet smelling aroma. You're preparing your body to be softened. You're preparing your mind to be softened. It was like Esther and her girlfriends was in some type of boot camp. Come on now. They was at a right. house where they had people tending to their views. Come on, I'm going somewhere with this. To prepare them to go into the chamber. So all this religious conversation about, you know, just wait, have your head so far on God's butt, your husband gonna find you. That wasn't, that's not true. Right. You need a mentor, somebody that's gonna groom you for your husband. Come on, Holy Ghost, right? You need someone that's going to groom you. Hey, prepare yourself. You're letting out a nasty fragrance for two 
Right. She did that. And then she was presented in the chamber. We don't know what they did in there, right? right. And then you have Ruth and Naomi. Ruth told her to go lay at this man of um, footbed. And so where is this conversation at? you telling me to don't have sex, but where is the true mentorship on how to carry yourself as a wife, as a woman of virtue, a woman of purity, a woman of maturity that knows how to communicate and have conversations with the man, not just asking a grown man, are you saved or do you go to church? Because as we know, I have dated pastors and deacons and everything else that didn't have no character, and so that's not that question is not needy for a Christian woman to just hold on to just because somebody go to church and they say they say because those right. men were some of the problems, which is why we sing so many times a uh, sister so and so singing on the praise worship team and brother Bill still praying the drums. Now he's still playing the drums, but sister so and so got set down. And so it's, it's right. a false illusion of Christianity that I don't believe that God put in place. Mm, listen, you done spoke a whole, whole, whole word because I premised this podcast in the sense that we can have real relevant conversations that one need to be had and to discuss the things that most people probably are thinking but never voiced out loud. And as you said, it's that preparation piece because to just tell people don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, when one, just because we have flesh, it's a natural desire, um, help, us, help us navigate that road. Explain yes. to us what the consequences of having sex out of the confines of marriage, instead of just telling me, no, 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 you can't, can't, can't do that oftentimes stimulates the person to want to do it even more because they trying to figure out what's this mystery thing that you keep trying to keep me from but you don't go into details you don't tell somebody that sometimes you can connect with somebody and end up with soul ties and now you jacked up you didn't talk you didn't teach me right. that piece and by the time you talked to me about it, it was too late right now i'm fully entangled and navigating what is a soul tie how they created right. like because soul, soul ties are not just created through sex you sitting on the phone praying for a joker every day, all day, and then your heart start connecting with his, and he go marry somebody else. You never had sex, you never kissed, but it's the fact that he leaned on you, and you in your mind pictured, oh my God, he's calling me, we're praying together, maybe this is my husband, and that joker go marry somebody else. And you don't even realize that that's the soul tie. And so we need to have these real and raw conversations at church. But not only that, some of our parents are to blame because most yes. of us never, ever seen a healthy relationship. Some people never seen their parents go on dates, their, their dad bringing their mama home flowers. That's a very small percentage of people who have seen that. Some people never seen daddy come home and just grab his woman and start slow dancing in the kitchen, right? And so a lot of things at home, uh, the foundation was never set. Mm. Listen, we got, school, so we got the Bible study. We love talking about sex. We love talking about, oh my God, Brenda, do you see? Do you see him? Oh my God, that's just a so and so son. He is so fine. And we hunching in the church. 
right? We liken mm-hmm. each other in the church, right? And so this thing is deep because I know someone who was raped in church. And so, wow, I, I can, you know me, Shanae, I can go all day on this conversation <laughs> because, again, when we look at Bible, when we look at these women, we look at their mentors that was in place, whether they were related or not unrelated, but we look at the mentors that was in place guiding these two women into a place of success. Come on. Jesus. Yeah. They guided him to a yeah. place of success. Not, don't you go over there. No, go over there. Huh. Come on. Go and pick up stuff from his field. Like, go, it was a mentorship. I'm going to show you how to navigate this young lady because I know you never did nothing like this. I'm going to show you how to, how to, how to get this man to look at you in all your glory. So we start watching that, honey. Yeah then we going to still just be keeping legs closed. Right. And, and still people will be uh, broken and misguided and have to deal with the after effects because they done tried it with no guidance. And so I love that you said that because I think about the fact that even for me personally, I didn't get the sex talk at home. I, I didn't have that discussion. I'm not even sure I had a discussion of don't have sex. It just was not discussed. And I remember the first time really like getting information was in a mm. book. And I was grown and in college. You know, I think in fact the name of the book, it probably still on somebody's show, was What Your Mother Never Told You About Sex. That was the title. Mm. And so it is imperative going forward. And we have the ability, of course, to change the narrative and, and change things generationally is that we can do better uh, going forward as we become parents or even just have nieces and nephews is really go through that process of preparation. Because as you said, those women, Esther and Ruth, they had guidance. <laughs> they had someone to walk them through the steps and really navigate what that looks like. How do you prepare yourself and not just as a wife, but just even as a woman, a woman of God, a woman of virtue. How do you carry yourself? How do you prepare yourself? How do you navigate that? We need to bring those groups back because I'm not sure what the, I, at my young age as a millennial, I haven't been on no women's ministry. I'm not necessarily sure what was the discussions back in the day, but I do hope that the discussions are definitely different and they're more authentic where people will feel comfortable to share their vulnerability and transparency so that they can be better and do better going yes, forward. I agree. So can you share some advice for the single, the sexy and saved, especially words of wisdom that usually isn't shared in the four walls of the church or on a Sunday morning service? I would say... Go on a journey to knowing yourself. Go on a journey of asking yourself, why do I want to be married? Is this something thrown on me just because it was something that they told us, you know, we should just desire to be married? Or is this really a desire of my heart? Ask yourself that question. I think that's the first real question of freedom, right? Because if the truth be told, I came into some revelation that God told me. I say, God, at 40, 
why I'm not married. And it was simple. He spoke to me. He said, Lakeisha, it was never real desire on your heart. Mm -hmm. Case in point, if I can be real with you singles for a moment, I only prayed for a husband when I was 40. Other than that, I wasn't praying for no joker. I wasn't praying to be married. I didn't know my colors on my weddings in the fifth grade. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I wasn't drawing pictures of, of me and my husband and my family and the dogs. I was not doing that. And so as I grew up, because I was so afraid of boys and sex, I trained my mind not to desire that piece. Because surely I don't want to go to hell for a piece of tail. But no one told me, hey, in case you do have sex and you fall off the bandwagon, the righteous man falls seven times, yet he rises again. So even in a falling, I'm still righteous when I rise. Even in a falling, yeah. there's still a grace. Because nowhere in the New Testament where Jesus was here was he condemning folks. He was asking them questions, bringing them to awareness of self, just like the woman at the well. Never condemning her, asked her a question, gave a statement that changed the whole trajectory of her life. So woman, man, I speak to you today. Get real with God. If you love having sex, say, I love having sex, God, but I know it's not pleasing in your sight. Help me. Get out of condemnation and begin to have a real loving and mature conversation with your daddy, God. That's first. The second thing I would tell you to do, begin to love yourself. Begin to love your scars. If you got fat rolls, love them. If you show it, fat, skinny, or whatever, love yourself because there is freedom and self-love. There is freedom when you build up your self-worth. There is freedom when you build up your self-esteem. There is freedom when you understand self-control. And then the third thing, if you that woman or that man, get out and date. Date with yes. mental sobriety. What does that mean? I'm not dating because I'm just my sole purpose of me going to get ice cream with you is to ask you, are you my husband? What are your intentions with me? I don't even know you. What do you mean? What are my intentions with you? I don't know you to answer that question on the first date. I'm just here for a meetup to say hello, to see just how the conversation flows. And then this is another thing I want you to do because most of us Christians are not even mature to mature in healthy conversations. I yes, want you to Lord. learn how to communicate with somebody again, besides, hey, do you want to be married? Well, what is your plans of marrying me? Relax. If you know this is a desire of your heart, God is orchestrating the process. Relax and enjoy for once in your life the freedom and liberty of just what it is to sit down with the opposite sex and have an amazing conversation that doesn't involve you preaching to the individual. 
sit back and, 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 and enjoy looking at yourself in the mirror. Because I tell you, when you look at yourself in the mirror, some things about you is going to be exposed. About how judgmental that you really are. How unnecessarily picky that you are. Let me tell you something. God had to break me down. Yes. God showed me you just, you think you just are all high mighty horse. This is a good person. And what I found out just through conversation and getting to know the guy that I'm currently dating, just through, hey, let's go out. Let's just have fun. Just me releasing the pressures. Oh my God, I'm 40. My, my time click. My, what about my baby? What about my ovaries? What about when I'm going to get married? When I learned how to go out and enjoy the journey of life, getting to know myself, I, 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 I got, had a divine connection and I met this amazing guy. And just through regular, simple conversation, things began to grow. No putting pressure. When are you going to marry me? Are we going to get married? What about my ovaries? It was simply us going to eat, us going to the movies, us just sitting at the bar and enjoying conversation. It was so easy because I released the pressure, not the desire. I released the pressure of trying to please everyone else and really begin to get in tune with what is God telling me. And in the releasing the pressure, again, not the desire. I learned how to communicate with a grown man. I learned how to laugh. I learned it's okay to be different. Just because he's not speaking in tongues like me, reading the Bible with like me, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It's okay if he said, I was church hurt, I don't go to church right now. It's okay to learn other people and see, hey, what's the reason behind why you think that way? My favorite quote by Dr. Mur Murdoch is, you don't live what you've been taught. You live what you experience. And so we all was raised no. different. And just because they may not be in church seven days a week like you, it doesn't mean that they don't have the character to keep them at the top and to keep them um, before your eyes. And so that's the advice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so, my spirit is turning because I pray that somebody who is listening to me right now begin to take the pressure off again, not the desire. Take the pressure off yourself and begin to learn just how to go on a simple day. Stop saying he too short, he too black, she too black, she too fat. Just enjoy a conversation because it's in the conversation. It's in the, the going out on dates. It's in the enjoying someone company where God began to show you your areas of weakness and your opportunities for growth. My God, listen. I don't know about y'all listening, but I'm about to run around this room because the evangelist show came out but gave us some real, real, real truth. And I love the fact that you talk about the pressure. My God, what happens when you are no longer feeling the pressure? And it's oftentimes not even pressure that we put on ourselves, but pressure from society, pressure from friends, pressure from 
you know, parents to be a thing and want a thing and not even understanding yes. why we even have that desire. Not even being able to explain, well, why do you want to get married? And for what reason? And I just love, love, love everything that you said. And I'm so glad that you were able to pour out. Listen, my spirit is yes. turned yes. up right now um, as you begin to minister. So I know as y'all already heard me say, she's a breakthrough strategist. Somebody that's listening, tuned in, has gotten a breakthrough on tonight. Even if it was a breakthrough of their mentality, their perception on tonight concerning what has been shared so i am blessed and i'm so grateful that god allowed you to minister and speak and share your truth um here on this podcast and so i will say this again she will definitely be back uh, because there's more that flows from the, the deep wells that are within her and so we're grateful for you sharing this episode so you're very you so welcome much. thank you for having me shanae the recording okay. and I'll call you.